it crawled out of the woodwork. Why, Captain Guile, it's been such a long time. Finally, the stars of the show are all assembled on stage. Take a bow. Damn you! Just what have you done again, huh? Well, 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 real. I was looking for you, but you're a difficult man to find, so we recruited Ken in your absence. <laughs> Let him go! Hi, welcome to To The 90s and Beyond. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews since 1996, so smack dab in the middle of the 90s. You can read all of my written work at that website, Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I do encourage you while you're there to check out my other podcast. Similar to this one, although it is mostly films of the 1980s you can hear there. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies. Find the link at the website, Quipster.net. Today I'm going to be getting into the uh, second entry in the Street Fighter series from the 1990s. I covered the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme, of course, the most famous one on the previous episode. The one I'm going to be doing today is a film that came out the same year. In fact, it came out a few months prior. If you lived in Japan, you were able to see this in the theaters. Street Fighter II, the animated movie. If you're in the United States like me, you probably didn't get to see this until about 1996, though. Street Fighter II, the animated movie, is... Well, it depends on which version you watch. There is an unrated version that contains strong violence, nudity, and language. The American release, when it came out on video, was PG-13, although there was an unrated version of that, too. Although, it was also somewhat censored as well. The runtime... Well, it depends on which version you watch. The PG-13 release is an hour and 36 minutes. The unrated version, an hour and 39. The original Japanese release, though, into theaters fully is an hour and 42 minutes. The cast includes, well, if you're watching with a Japanese voice cast, it's Joji Nakata, Kojiro Shimusu, Kenji Haga, Miki Fujinari, Masane Sukayama, and Yoko Sasaki. In English, though, although they were credited with pseudonyms, the actual voice cast is Tom Weiner, Skip Stelrecht, Eddie Frierson, Leah Sargent, Kirk Thornton, and Deborah Rogers. The director is Gisaburo Sugi, and the screenplay credited to Kenichi Amai and Gisaburo Sugi. Now, as far as the origin of the, the Street Fighter II animated movie, back in 1993, Capcom, the video game publisher, developer, they made a decision to branch out from video game development and publishing to become much more of a, like a multimedia company. It would all fit under the umbrella Capcom Entertainment. And then in 1994, in addition to putting up the funds for a live-action Street Fighter film, one I talked about last episode, Capcom Entertainment, they released a TV series called Mega Man based on their video game, quickly became the number one weekly animated TV series for younger viewers in the United States. They also put into development more properties into TV series like Darkstalkers and Street Fighter, the animated series, which was kind of a, a based on elements of the live-action movie with Van Damme. But their first theatrical Street Fighter effort was not the film starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, but the one that came out six months prior in Japan, Street Fighter 2 movie, as it was known in Japan and Australia, but also known eventually as Street Fighter II, the animated movie in many English-speaking portions of the world. 
It was created by the Tokyo-based animation collective called Group TAC, or TAC, along with SEDIC and Sony Music Entertainment, and directed and co-written by animation veteran Gisaburo Sugi. He had done animation most famously on Osamu Tezuka's classic Astro Boy in the 1960s. Sugi was a replacement. He actually replaced the originally intended Masashi Ikeda, who directed several episodes of various anime television shows. The animated feature film derives its name from the internationally popular Street Fighter II video game line of arcade and console games. It's not a sequel, by the way, to Sonny Chiba's film, The Street Fighter from the 1970s, or even based on the relatively obscure first Street Fighter game. Street Fighter II, the game, it didn't have a story other than a fighting tournament structure, so the writers, kind of like they did with the live-action film, they had to make one up. The tournament itself is mostly ignored in the animated movie. You know, this one takes much more of a sharp turn in its genre, one that you might not expect if you didn't see a lot of the Street Fighter stories that come out afterward. This is more of a film built on adventure and espionage and even incorporates some science fiction and fantasy elements to it. In this story, M. Bison, well, if, you, if you're in the United States, I'll get into what the distinction is between M. Bison and some of the other characters later. But in the United States, M. Bison is a megalomaniacal warlord from Thailand with dreams of world domination. Bison runs this super secret organization of, of drug smugglers, weapons runners, and international terror and crime, a syndicate known as Shadow Law. In the Japanese version, it's Shadow Lu. Fueling Shadow Law is a massive drug-running operation and a diabolical plan to become the most military force in the world, the top one, through the use of ultra-powerful street fighters. Bison has his technical team devise a squad of cyborgs to do reconnaissance and find the best fighters in the world to recruit into his organization as part of a super army that will be better than any individual nations. Now, because the Japanese Shotokan karate master named Ryu has bested Sagat in the Street Fighter tournament and marks him as perhaps the world's best and somebody to which Bison can build an army of super street fighters. Ryu's best friend from San Francisco, Ken Masters, another street fighter who studied from the same master, making him the, the closest fighter to being Ryu's equal. He's kidnapped by Bison and they begin brainwashing experiments on Ken to convert Street Fighters to his political assassin, starting with his effort to take down the world wandering Ryu. Eventual Chun Li and her colleagues at Interpol are trying to take down Bison's operation, as is U.S. Air Force Captain Guile, who is out to take down Bison for, for killing one of his friends. If you're a fan, you expect to see all of your favorite characters here engaging in what they do in the game fight in a variety of trademark styles. Emphasis did go into creating quality fight sequences here. They use real martial arts techniques with the occasional special attack that you would find in the game. They secured the services of K-1 martial arts organization founder Kazuyoshi Ishii, as well as Swiss-born K-1 champion fighter Andy Hug. They translated the choreography to the screen by filming Ishii and Hug performing simulated fights, and then the animators would replicate those moves, replacing them with the likenesses of the characters that you find in the game. Now, Capcom connected with Shoga Kukan to develop a manga, Super Street Fighter II Kami, and Sony Music Entertainment to bring the soundtrack to life. Gundam Wing vet Shuko Murasi came in to do character designs for the film, and all of the Street Fighter II fighters do make their appearance 
in the film, including the four from Super Street Fighter II, the new challengers, Cammy, Phelong, T-Hawk, and DJ. In addition to a more fleshed-out story, you also get the origin of character trademarks like Ryu's red headband and Sagat's giant chest scar. The dramatic battle where Ryu and Ken team up against Bison also found its way into the games, as does Bison's more bulked-up appearance that's introduced in this movie. Street Fighter II movie, it was distributed by Toei Company in Japan. It would also be released in dubbed and subtitled form into English by Animes for Manga Entertainment. 20th Century Fox distributed the film internationally as Street Fighter II, the animated movie. And the budget for the entire film was $6 million at the time. It ended up grossing over $16 million in Japan alone, where it was one of the top five films of the year in terms of overall box office. It was only available, though, outside of Japan for some time through the import market on videocassette and Laserdisc. But if you wanted it, it would cost a pretty penny until its official release was done in more international markets with the redubs. The English dub version was released directly to home video on January 16th, 1996 in the United States for a retail price of $15. It was also the first release on this new Sony music video imprint called Renegades. Renegades was going to be a label specializing in edgier and fast-paced entertainment, specifically targeting viewers who were aged 13 to 25. And in so doing, they cut the film's more violent scenes, as well as shots of Chun-Li nude in the shower that was in the original cut. They cut that so they could get a PG-13 rating for at least the major release. There was also an unrated version you could get that was a little harder to come by that was released containing harsher language. And the shower scene featuring Chun-Li, where cartoon nudity is on display, but you didn't see the full frontal part of it that the Japanese viewers did. Also, the Japanese version did have quite a bit more violence, including a, a scene involving Vega and a submachine gun that is much more brutal. Many Street Fighter fans do think that that Chun-Li versus Vega fight is one of the biggest highlights for the franchise in just about any media. The film was also re-edited in its form for American home video for consumption by American audiences. They specifically reduced some of the moments that might not have been readily understood in cultures outside of Japan who were not as familiar with watching traditional anime stylings. The original Japanese soft pop soundtrack used in their theatrical film, produced by Tetsuya Komuro and Yuji Toriyama, that sold millions in Japan, featuring, among others, Capcom's house band, Alf Lila, bolstered by its theme song that topped the charts. It was replaced in the United States video release by licensed music, including grunge and industrial and new metal acts like Alice in Chains and Korn, KMFDM and Silverchair. And that video release did actually pretty well when it was released in the United States. It hovered in and around the top 10 video sales in the country for nearly two months. Meanwhile, the more traditional synthesized Japanese anime score was replaced by a new one by pianist and also founder of the yacht rock band Pablo Cruz, Corey Larios, and composer John D'Andrea known for their work on the TV series Baywatch. The film, when it was released on video, was cross-promoted in home console games released at around the same time, and the video itself contained coupons for more Street Fighter-related merchandise. In the U.S., marketing the video included placing ads targeting younger viewers on TV channels like Nickelodeon, MTV, and the Cartoon Network, as well as print ads in the pages of Marvel Comics and Disney Adventures magazines. 
Now, the American version does give the characters the names that they were called for the U.S. release of the Street Fighter arcade game. For instance, the boxer named Balrog was supposed to be M. Bison, as he was in the original Japanese game, but Capcom changed the name because they wanted to avoid a potential lawsuit from Mike Tyson, who they based the name of the boxer on. M. Bison, Mike Tyson. In Japan, the big bad M. Bison is actually called Vega, and Vega is the one actually called Balrog. It gets very confusing very quickly, but I'm going with the Americanized name structure for the purpose of this review. Now, one notable thing, if you watch the dub version in in English, Fei Long is voiced by future star Brian Cranston. He's credited as Phil Williams. The, by the way, the voice cast was not credited correctly because they wanted to avoid actors' union conflicts. You know, Cranston did, prior to becoming a star, he earned money doing a, a good amount of voice work, actually, during the mid-1990s for a lot of properties like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He also was part of the English dubs of anime TV series like Macross Plus and Armitage 3. The backgrounds for the film are stunningly realized. The constant changes in backdrops, they're very varied. They're refreshing, very much like the game, whether it's in the flash of Las Vegas or the mountainous highlands regions of Thailand or the rural areas of India. It's all very eye-popping. The geography, the buildings, they're stunningly picturesque. The character designs, they're somewhat stylized, but they're always very consistent throughout the entire film. The animation does flow very well throughout, and that keeps the film feeling much more modern. Even decades later, you can still feel as entertained by it, even though the soundtrack may sound a little more 90s, depending on which version you watch, especially the ones with the grunge songs. Although the film gives the most screen time to the more popular characters, Ryu, Ken, Bison, Chun-Li, Guile... All of the rest of the Street Fighter II characters can be found here making an appearance, and they all get their individual moments to shine. Even the newly introduced secret Super Street Fighter II Turbo character, Akama, gets a blink-and-you'll-miss-it cameo selling mangoes on the streets of India. Overall, I do think that Street Fighter II, the animated movie, is a better experience than the live-action Street Fighter film. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, it does have good quality animation. All of the Super Street Fighter II characters are here. If you like the game, you'll like this. Very well choreographed fights. Very well conceived in that regard. The tone is very atmospheric. The tension is palpable. And the plot does break out of the formula mode of the video game while still yielding one-on-one fights that you would expect. I do think that in the end, Street Fighter II, the animated movie, is one of the best video game to screen adaptations and it's one that I do recommend for people who are fans of the game or fans of anime primarily. If that means you, then I will give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do think that it is worthwhile for people who like this kind of movie. It's probably the best of the video game adaptations to animation that they've made, at least during this era. So three stars out of four is what I give Street Fighter II, the animated movie. Now, in March of 1995, there was kind of a semi-sequel educational 23-minute short documentary OVA original video animation called Street Fighter II, Return to the Fujiwara Capital. Plot involves E. Honda, Ryu, Ken, Chun Li running across this strange mystical rock that results in them going back in time to 8th century or so. Fujiwara, while there, Ken and Ryu have to find Chun Li and Honda. All the while, Ken discusses with Ryu the history of the ancient imperial Japanese capital, Fujiwara, 
its rise and its fall, and it ends with them returning to the present day. This was something that was displayed at an exhibition themed around the city of Fujiwara, considered Japan's first capital, and it was screened and sold on VHS copies only at this event called Romantopia Fujiwara Kyo 95. Capcom was one of the partners for this event, and they created this video to help out with the education for people attending that event. It used a lot of the same style of art found in the Street Fighter II animated movie, albeit from a, a different Japanese animation studio, Studio Pirat. It has remained virtually unknown for many years, although it was finally seen much more widely after going to DVD. It was bundled with this re-released manga called Street Fighter II Ryu for the 15th anniversary of the game. Exclusively in Japan, though, it went quickly out of print. It, it, the DVD also has become a rare collector's item. There's no street fighting to be found in this short film. The use of the Street Fighter characters was really just a gimmick to get people interested in watching what is ultimately an educational video. Now, in fall of 1995, Sugi, the director of the Street Fighter II animated movie, he created a follow-up for Japanese television called Street Fighter II V that ran on Japanese TV for 29 episodes. Although it doesn't follow the continuity of the movie, some of the same voice actors were used for the anime's series when it was dubbed. There was a manga version of the film. Uh, the film writer Takayuki Sakai created it and it was released in serialized and collected form, including a six-issue English version in the United States from Viz Communications. There was a video game version of the film called Street Fighter II Movie, the interactive game that was released in Japan for PlayStation and Sega Saturn. It has the player controlling a, a monitor cyborg trailing the Street Fighters. It contains about an hour of footage from the movie along with new footage that was made for the game and it allows you to fight as the cyborg against various Street Fighters and then you can ultimately change the ending of the movie at the end as you challenge Ryu as the final fight against the cyborg. Now, due to the amount of translation and dubbing that would be required for a game of limited appeal, this game unfortunately was not released in the United States, except if you played it as a Japanese import. The film served as kind of a stylistic basis for a lot of the games that came forward later. Street Fighter Alpha, the series in particular, contained a lot of the character models, movements, situations, and backdrops that were lifted from this movie. Group TAC, they did another Street Fighter film released in 1999 called Street Fighter Alpha, the animation. It was not tied at all to this film in its story, but it does contain some of the same voice actors for certain characters that you'll recognize. And the 2005 PlayStation 2 release, Street Fighter Anniversary Collection featured a further edited version of the PG-13 film that you could partake in, and Street Fighter V features a scene that recreates the opening Field of Fate fight that takes place between Ryu and Sagat. So a lot of influence in the games and in future anime entries for this film. It was influential, especially in Japan. It didn't quite have the legs in other parts of the world, but if you're a Street Fighter fan, you definitely have to. This is kind of a must-see for you to partake in. Now, as far as what the next episode is going to be, according to IMDb, there is another Street Fighter film that was released in the 1990s called Street Fighter Alpha, the movie or the animation. However, I have not been able to corroborate whether that was actually released in December of 1999, as it states on the IMDb page. So if you really want me to cover Street Fighter Alpha, 
the animated movie that came out in 1999 or 2000, depending on which source you believe. If you can find me some proof that it actually did come out in 1999, I will cover it here at some point in the future. Even the Japanese page for Wikipedia lists it as August 31st, 2000. So, but till we clear that up, I will continue on with another video game adaptation from the 1990s that deals with martial arts. Came out in 1994, just a month before the Jean-Claude Van Damme version of Street Fighter. Double Dragon featuring Mark Dacascos, Scott Wolf, and Alyssa Milano also makes an appearance in it as well. So not necessarily a very well-regarded film, but definitely one I will delve into quite deeply for the next episode of this show. So if you have your own thoughts on the Street Fighter films or the Mortal Kombat films or any other films in the 1990s that you want me to cover, you can find my contact information at my website, that's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. There are links to my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, my Instagram there too. If you really want to get in touch with me, if you just want to say hi, I always just like people just reaching out and say, hey, I enjoy the show, or, you know, could you do this maybe as a suggestion for the show? I'm happy to get it. You can find my contact information at the website, quipster.net. But if I don't hear from you, you'll hear from me next time on the next episode as we continue our journey to the 90s and beyond.